Well, we are glad that you're here, and we are excited about, if you did not watch last night, I mean, not last night, but last week's, uh, like I say a lot of times, we're not always good. There are sometimes we walk away scratching our heads like, oh my gosh, that was a, that was a nightmare. Um, I wish you could have those 60 minutes back. But last week was not one of those. But last week was absolutely amazing. Yes. And so it, and we learned a little bit about this idea about going to the mountain. It sounds very southern gospel-ish. Can you going, sing a song? Go a, tell a, it on We talked about going to the mountain. Over the Lord the is up on that mountain. And he's calling you. How did that become a Christmas song? <laughs> Is it? Go tell it on the mountain? Uh, yeah, it's kind of the Jesus, Jesus Christ is born. Yeah. See, that's how I born in there. That's how I feel like come let us adore oh, him. Why don't we sing that every Sunday? The, uh, the chorus is great. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. But it's like, yay Lord, we greet thee born this happy morning. Yeah, that's okay. when you really can't. You have no, to take we that ditch that. Out. Yeah. Why don't we sing? Go tell it to the mountain and put <laughs> tell it to the mountain. Go yeah. go t- <laughs> to the or go tell it from the mountain and then uh, come let us kind of combine the two oh, songs okay. into up. one. Okay, yeah. maybe we could do that. Yeah, could you do that one day, Ricky? I'll match could you it sing up. that song for us on we'll Sunday? Do a Christmas mashup in in September. <laughs> yeah, we get Ricky gets a lot of requests, and I just want to encourage you if you're out there listening today and you have a favorite worship song, yeah. maybe from the '80s or '90s that yeah. you would or like to hear Ricky sing. Christian radio, I love the. Oh, he loves to sing. He love loves it. requests. So love I just call in your love request. It. I love it. Okay, <laughs> um, so since we're now stopping to make fun of people, <laughs> let's. Uh, I, Denise, was that you that asked? <laughs> she got that look. She's like, I asked you to sing a song. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, last time she asked, we See, had the to problem, theologically just... break down a song for Oh, her that's and... right. You want, you want us to sing Gyra. Gyra, yeah. yeah. And uh, By all, Elevation. For which all was, Gyra lovers. Which is a... So, I mean, just beautiful. Just I mean, beautiful. Yeah, lacks theological credibility, but other than that, it's, it's absolutely beautiful song. I mean, take my breath away. I mean, that was a great song, oh, too. Man. I'm we going to sing it in church. Him yesterday. Oh, oh man. Logins, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Ricky, please pray for us because she's about to storm the stage. <laughs> How dare you talk about Jaira? <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that we get to come here and have fun and we get to uh, meet in your presence. And, and I thank you that you're here with us. I pray that you will just bless our conversation this evening as we further dive deeper into your word, into what it means for us to be lovers in our community, in our families, and in the world around us. We love you. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. So this woman talks to Jesus at the well, and she talks about, she's, try, she's trying to understand where God is encountered. And so she says that, you know, as a Samaritan, she says, you Jews worship on, you know, uh, I think it's like we worship over here on this mountain, and you Jews worship in Jerusalem. And she's trying to figure out where God is, mm-hmm. and where I think a lot of us are at that place. Uh, and Jesus says, really, you really don't get this. I mean, it says a little bit stronger than that. You don't know what you worship. Mm-hmm. But uh, it basically is the idea that you don't know where you can meet with God. And then he presents toward this idea of the streams of living water flowing out of our innermost being. Mm-hmm. And I think he gives us a hint about what we're going to learn in Colossians and Ephesians about Christ and you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. So he begins to say, listen, the temple of God, the mountain of God is, is the human heart and where we meet with God. Mm-hmm. So we learned about that last week and we talked about ways to seek an awareness of that presence of God in our life. So we mentioned briefly uh, inviting the Holy Spirit, reading the Word of God, and then living in His family or living in community. That sometimes through one of these three that God will convey, give us a sense of awareness that His presence is there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you guys said, you can watch them on TV, and we can watch Cross Sun on TV, and anybody that watches us on video, we totally understand that and get Mm -hmm. it, and that's why we... We provide this. Mm-hmm. But there is an awareness of God in, in the gathering of believers that really is, uh, I mean, there's an awareness of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times when I'm in church on Sunday, and I know I'm the pastor, but there are times when I'm just like zoned out, and I'm just kind of going through the motions. But when we get into the worship, and particularly when we get into those intimate times, it's like 
even if I can't connect with God because of some mental block, mm-hmm. it, that other people connecting with God brings me there. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I think the word of God brings you there. But we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit brings you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives is so that we can love better, so that we can love God better and love people around us better. Here's a very important thought. We are not, uh, we are called not to improve ourselves, but rather to allow God to live through us. And I don't think most people would see that difference. I mean, a lot of us think that Christianity is about clean up your language, clean up your drinking, clean up um, your habits and your life, and set everything in order. But really what Christianity is about is not improving ourselves, Mm -hmm. but rather allowing God to live through us. And just the presence of God interacting with our souls brings an improvement to our lives. Mm -hmm. I think we've all tried harder to love people. We've all tried harder to, uh, in our strength and ability, to try to just love somebody who we, and it's interesting, I think God set us up. I mean, I, I think he genuinely allows situations, people, things in our past that are absolutely impossible for us to fix because God wants to bring the mountain inside of us. He wants to bring his presence inside of us. Mm-hmm. So he allows us, I, I mean, I remember when that guy came up to Jesus, and I know a lot of people think this is, was a good question to ask, but he said, Lord, what is the greatest of all commandments? And you remember what his answer was? Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's all your mind and strength. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... A lot of people look at that, and I'll hear it preached that that's it's really all you got to do. It's like Jesus isn't, and he says, in this is all the law. So what he basically did is he took all the law and he kind of broke it up into three categories. Um, how you deal with yourself, how you deal with God, and how you deal with others. And brings that all onto the same umbrella. He didn't make it easier. People think, wow, we went from 632 precepts in the Old Testament because that's how many laws there were in there. And he only said, well, you only got to do three laws. Jesus wasn't actually communicating to this guy that it's easy. I think what he was communicating was, I can make this number 632 laws or I can make this number three. You still can't pull it off. Mm -hmm. I think he directly was trying to stymie this guy. We tend to think, oh, okay, that's it. Well, I'll love God better, I'll love myself better, and I'll love others better. And I don't know how far you get down the road before you realize, yeah, that ain't, that's just not working out for me. So if you're out there and and you were told by somebody you just need to try harder to love other people, I understand where that came from, but it really isn't the answer. Mm. It's something that I've learned in the last couple of years with my own personal life. It's not until you come to the end of your own abilities that you are at the point, well, Paul said, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Or when I am weak, then that's when he is strong. Mm -hmm. So God wants us to get to that point. Otherwise, we don't need the mountain in us. We don't need the presence of God in us. And then we we undermine the whole thing about what Christianity was about. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's why the incarnation, Jesus coming to the earth, was such a big deal. Is that, you know, Ten Commandments, you know, events where God showed up on a mountain, those were all cool. But what if he moved closer to me and closer to me and then closer to me? You know, all of a sudden we begin to see the intention of God is to actually live in us. So mm-hmm. God living in us and through us is a unique aspect that no other religion has. That's really interesting. Islam doesn't have this. No other religion has where the deity actually wants to move into the person and live in them. Mm-hmm. And when you say it like that, it sounds pretty weird. It's, but yeah. it, it, is, it is unique. Um, Christ in us is not some ethereal, um, heavenly theme. I've, I've done way too many funerals. Mm-hmm. And somebody from the family will get up there and they'll say, well, you know, Uncle Billy, Uncle Billy's here with us all, you know, and he lives in our hearts. 
And we, we love you, Uncle Billy. And as long as we remember Uncle Billy, because Uncle Billy's existence is dependent upon you remembering him <laughs> poor uncle billy but they'll say something like like uh, he lives in our hearts and we say those kinds of things you know he'll, he'll you know your dad will always be with you and it's like you know i gotta be honest with you that's not true he's not gonna be always with you yeah, uncle billy is not here and if he's here that's kind of weird um <laughs> so when it talks about christ in us it is not using some sloppy uh, sentimental type of language. Mm -hmm. It's not some ethereal heavenly theme, but rather it is a reality. It is something that um, God wants is to live in us. So if you want to go back to the Old Testament because you think there's a lot of, you know, Good stuff back there. Yeah, snap, crackle, pop mm -hmm. back there. Oh, I wish I was in the fire with me, Shaq, Shadrach, and Abednego. Oh, yeah. across the okay. Red Sea. If I was in the den with Daniel, you know, if I was in the Red Sea at the... I know you folks think I'm going to get struck down by lightning. I am not. Okay? And you say that because people have said that. Right, right. It's like... And I know I'm not because Christ is in me the hope of glory yeah and but the, the the point is is why do you want to go backwards when you can have god in you mm -hmm. why would you want to go to a physical mountain why would you want to go to a burning bush mm -hmm. those were just elementary uh ways of communicating to us so it actually means that jesus wants to be in us no matter no matter what and he wants to live in us so much so that it begins to dynamically change us mm-hmm uh, that's why they call it in the book of Galatians, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think, well, okay, I look at that verse in Galatians 5 somewhere, mm -hmm. and you begin to say, okay, patience um, and joy and love kindness, and kindness, gentleness. gentleness. I'm glad somebody knows yeah. the Bible at the table. <laughs> so I, <laughs> all those things, and, and we think I got to work on those. And it's like, no, it says it's not the fruit of your effort. Mm -hmm. It's not the fruit of your improvement. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's like, wait a minute. So it's not really me. It's him. Now we're getting the theme here. No, this okay. is not... All, this is not about you becoming the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul is like, no, it's, I finally figured out it's no longer I who lives in Christ that lives within me. So, um, now, any, do you, you know what Pentecostal means. Of course. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, there are, did you guys ever go to a Pentecostal church? No. That was of the devil. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, some like, Baptists <gasps> believe that. Anybody here raised Pentecostal? <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah. I got saved in a Pentecostal. You really? Well, wait a minute. We got more Pentecostals here. Yeah. How about Baptists? You were Catholic? So, you, you know, okay, you're out. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Catholic? So, we got... We got six years. Six yeah, kids, we got two pagans and and three <laughs> three baptized with the Holy Spirit with fire and speaking unknown tongues. Um, but when we use the phrase Pentecostal, particularly in denominations, it refers to a denomination that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. kind of like charismatics. So you know this. Yeah. Pentecostals though seem to be the like the country. Uh, oh, yeah. Country cousin of charismatics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like... They're the ones having the tent revival. Tent revival, yeah. right, yeah. right. People uh, running around. Hyper Pentecostals, and I mean hyper Pentecostals, yeah. were the ones with handling snakes and yeah, yeah. shouting your hair down. Barking, and, laughing. Uh, yeah, well, charismatics got into that too. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, weird can happen anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it is no respect for persons. It can happen anywhere. So, um, but when we talk about that, when we look at that on the news or when we see it in a movie and, you know, people dancing around church and stomping and waving mm. banners and all that stuff, we think weirdos, <laughs> okay? Most Americans yeah. want to be in the category of Presbyterians. Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, yes. Have an intellectual, rational of course, faith. Of course. Okay? Um, so, but here's the thing. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit and we're talking about God coming to live in you, um, where, wherever you got the notion that people can be born again, go to a place called heaven and have God in them and think it is not going to be weird, then you really don't understand Christianity. Okay, we, th we think it's weird because people speak in tongues. Well, most people 
if we think this out, we believe a guy died on a cross and three days rose from the dead. Okay, that's already putting us in a category. Mm-hmm. But you take it one step further, and the mission of Jesus is that he says, I go to the Father, and me and my Father will come and make our abode with you, that the mission of Christ was to get God in you. That is really, I mean, just think you're, you're on The View. I never watched that show, hmm. but um, you were there with, is that Whoopi Goldberg? And, Whoopi, yeah. Yeah, Whoopi. So you're there with Whoopi, and yeah, um, yeah. who else is on there? Uh, Joy Behar, is she somebody on there? Yeah, and uh, Megan. Hasselback um, used to be on there. Okay. But I don't think she is anymore. Okay. I, um, I watch it a lot, too. You do? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I <laughs> um, so, so if you were to sit down with an interview, you, you know, I. Uh, What's that guy, Larry King, you know, and he's got oh, his yeah, suspenders yeah. on, and he's leaning on the table, and it says, and it says, so, Paul, what you're telling me is, not that you believe in Christianity, but he begins to break it down and says, uh, okay, Ricky, so what you want the American people to know is you believe in this dead guy who rose from the dead, and then he wants to enter your soul, and he wants to live there, and then he's going to move through you and make you turn into something that you originally didn't want to be um you break it down like that what a weird religion so my point is this you can't avoid weird and be a christian it's a weird idea um if you really take it all so the pentecostals aren't weird I mean, we may do some weird things because I happen to get saved in the Pentecostal church as well. So, uh, Assembly of God Church. Um, actually, in a tent. Yeah, so that's... That, there you go. It was, yeah, in Baltimore. Sawdust on the floor and people rolling around and all that stuff. And I got saved in the middle of it. They were casting demons out of people. So, the point is, Boom. is, there is no version. If you are trying to avoid the work of the Holy Spirit in your life because you're afraid it might get weird, well, Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead... It's been weird for a while. And uh, you don't just get to pick what part of Christianity that you want. Uh, it's actually, it's not normal to, to have someone living inside of you. But it's a fundamental concept of Christianity. Uh, and that's what God wants to do. So it's really interesting that I find people, I know being raised Catholic myself, is that we heard about religion, we heard about God, but the idea of it becoming extremely personal, so much so that God would come and reside in me, that was kind of like, you know, you go, I think you've gone a little bit far with your fanaticism. But it's not fanaticism. It's fundamental in Christianity. So, um, Jesus saw the presence of, living, of God living us to the Spirit as the prime objective of his mission. We're going to look at a, a couple. The cross resolved our past, mm-hmm. but his Spirit empowers our lives and our future. So the cross resolves everything about our mistakes and all that. But it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us and transforms our futures. Mm-hmm. You can't separate it. You can't just say, well, I'm... I'm I'm just going with the Baptists on this. I'm just, I'm just going with, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, and I will hear people say something like this, and this is not to, to mock. This is just for theological clarity. I'm just playing the blood of Jesus will just lead you and just cover you and just, you know, um, you know, sanctify you and all that. And, and it sounds kind of right. But it's not the blood of Jesus that does that. It's the blood of Jesus that forgives us. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us mm-hmm. and covers us. And we, you know, so when people say, I'm just, I'm just praying the blood of Jesus over you, it, it's, an, it's a nice concept, nice idea, but it's not theologically correct. What transforms you is the power of the Holy Spirit. What forgives you? What gives you the right to have the Holy Spirit in your life? That's the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that's the gateway. Jesus said, I am the door. Mm-hmm. And most people just come up to the door and they just kind of stand there and look at it and say, wow, this is all my religious experience and spiritual experience is, is that I come up to the door and stand it. Well, if Jesus says I'm a door, he's implying that you're supposed to go through it. Well, what are you supposed to go through it into? That's the Holy Spirit right there. So I think a lot of people come up to the door, which is Christ, 
and they think that's where it is. Mm. Except Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you're going to go to heaven, and that there's nothing else. Like that's the only part that Jesus said. It's like how can you read the Gospel of John? Yeah, and and we, and we will. Uh, but it's the Spirit of God that empowers us. Uh, read Acts chapter two, verse thirty-eight for us. Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Okay, so the limits are off on this. There's no certain kind of person that gets this. There's, it's not limited to a particular gender. It's not limited to a certain kind of person. It's, uh, it's not just during the apostolic age. This is, mm -hmm. this is for all that God calls and r the people respond to him. So there is kind of an organic flow here. There's something about um, this, this idea of repent. Now, some people harp on this repent word as if this is where it all begins. They forget to read that it says, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That means there's already an understanding of who Jesus Christ is that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people want to formalize this into, well, you got to repent first and then, then you get Jesus. And it's like, no, you, you discover Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, um, then it leads you to repentance. And then it says immediately, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It would be like, you know, on a Sunday morning, there are songs that I like. I'm just going to tell you, there's some songs I like more than other songs, all right? You and me both, brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, but there are some songs when you get to the chorus, it is just like they just take off. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of like that. Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. And we separate, we, we kind of put a colon there or a semicolon and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There, there is no break there. It's all the same song. But we preach, or have, particularly in the Bible Belt, we preach the, uh, the forgiveness of sins through Christ, which is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, we repeat uh, the idea of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which is correct. But in the same breath, before sitting down, before ending the sermon, the apostle Peter says, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like, don't do this and, and separate the Holy Spirit from us. So, but a lot of people have, and this promise is for all of us that we receive the Holy Spirit. So, affirming Jesus is part of it as Lord and Savior. Repenting is part of it. Baptism is part of it. But it, um, for, for some reason, some of us, that's as far as we go. Has anybody else here noticed that? That sometimes we, we got a moral Christianity, but we don't have a dynamic Christianity? And I, I think the reason why we ended up with a, uh, what we would call like a right wing or a conservative Christianity is not because the, the morals are, are conservative, is that we just married ourselves to the conservatism of Christianity, not to the empowerment of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so we like the, you know, it's like we want a man marrying a woman and we want, we don't think it's right to steal and we don't think we should lie. And it's like, and it's like, and that's where I'm at. And then it's like, and we would all raise our hands and we'd go down and we'd all check off our moral uh, report card that boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we believe that. And it's like, how many of you, you know, also um, uh, move in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Uh, how many tongue speakers we got here? You know, <laughs> tongue speaking, what are you talking about? Tongue no, no, we're just, them no, we're all about not smoking. <laughs> we're all about not drinking. You know, what was it they used to say? Um, uh, no, uh, something, something chewing, chewing. Uh, and women who doing, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Anybody heard that that uh, phrase? Uh, uh, there was an old phrase that uh, the old preachers used to say. We don't believe uh, chewing, smoking, chewing, and women that doing. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, oh, I mean, believe me, the Bible Belt's full of experiences. <laughs> yeah, but it was a clever little remark. That, but and I think that's what we do yeah, in yeah. in the church today. And I think that's what the world is experiencing. And I think that's what American culture rebels against is that we go through our moral checklist and look at everybody, but they don't see us any more pow powerful than anybody else. They don't see any dynamic change. They see us cheating on our wives. They see us drinking too much. They see us, you know, looking at pornography. I mean, they don't, they're like, okay, well, you're just checking down what I'm doing is wrong, but you live with what you're doing. And, mm -hmm. and um, so yeah. I know a lot of us don't get that there's something more. My parents were Catholic, and when they got 
they gave their life to Christ in kind of a beyond Catholic way. They, they, they got the Holy Spirit. I mean, they spoke in tongues. They were Catholics speaking in tongues, and they were on the healing ministry and all of that other stuff. So that when it came time for me to give my life to the Lord, I remember that I told the preacher when I was down on my knees accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I remember telling me, now you're supposed to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I knew that it's like, I am not supposed to do this Jesus thing without the Holy Spirit. And I think too many people are being told, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And are like, okay, I'll pull up my bootstraps. I'll work harder. I'll try harder. I'll read my Bible more. I'll be more disciplined. I'll give more. I'll do-. And it's like, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'll try not to think evil thoughts. I'll try to be more patient. I'll try to have more joy. I'll try. It's like, you can't do this without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I just, the point I'm trying to drive home is that it's always been loving people, loving God, loving yourself has always theologically, biblically meant that the Holy Spirit was in play in your life. Mm-hmm. Not just in play theologically as a, a fact, but as a pursuit that you go after God. You know, mm-hmm. that you go after the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus didn't communicate this disintegrated vision. And that's why we have denominations, is that we, uh, uh, the Baptist, and I'm not saying all Baptist, and I'm not saying these people are, are evil, wrong, or unsaved. I'm just saying that we all draw lines theologically how far I'm going to go with this, based upon what we can tolerate mentally or intellectually, or rationally, or experientially, or fear-wise, because a lot of us were afraid of losing control. So the, the Baptist, man, they got the Word of God. They believe the Bible is the in, inspired Word of God, and I love them for that. That's They give us that. Um, getting into the Scriptures, breaking the Word down, mm-hmm. understanding it. I mean, expository biblical teaching, amazing. The Baptists are amazing. But uh, it's like 80% of Baptists don't believe in miracles. It's like, wow, you can break the word of God down so much. You understand the Greek and the Hebrew so much. Um, you joined a part of this, you know, you gave up liquor. Um, you gave up smoking. You gave up chasing women. Uh, now I sound like an old Pentecostal preacher. You gave up all that just to be dry. I mean, like, ugh. so you, you got rid of all that fun stuff. And you're not saying there's some sort of other element that's in, that empowers you? or um, Catholics, we were into rituals, sacraments, you know? But then there was only the priest. The priest could only experience the things of God. There was that railing between us and the tabernacle. And you could only go so far to God. And then only he could touch the Eucharist. Uh, only he could drink from that cup that was on the altar. And I mean, it really was. And we'd have to genuflect and kiss his ring and all this other stuff. And it was like, okay. Um, so uh, I think each denomination, and I think what the Charismatics and Pentecostals came along were like, hey, wait a minute, I think we've missed a part of this. Mm-hmm. Some of them got off and made that the main thing yeah. and forgot that character and substance of who you are as an individual. And that the word of God yeah. has to be a part of it. Right. That the, <laughs> yeah. The lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's know. right. Yeah. Um, so uh, read to us what, what Jesus says in, Matthew, in John 16. But I tell you the truth, it is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay. All right. So I want you to hear that he he says it's to your advantage that I go away. Now, if you ask most Christians, they would say the biggest advantage that God could do for them would do physically send Jesus to them. Oh, yeah, I would have been way better off if I'd have been walking around with Jesus and the disciples. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've, okay. Yeah. I'm going to make <laughs> I a... I thought that thought. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, and people think, well, if Jesus was right here next to me, I could go through this. Right. And Jesus says, um, basically, I have got to get out of here because if I remain, I am taking a... I am... Um, will be a disadvantage to you mm-hmm. uh, and that the spirit in you is better than the physical presence of Jesus. I am keeping you from an advantage. So, I mean, really think, that's how Jesus thinks that the Holy Spirit should be operating in our lives. Mm 
that it is, I, it's, dude, I got to leave because if I don't leave, you're not going to get something that if Jesus physically being with us would have been the best way for him to bring us into the pearly gates, he would have never left. But he said, I, am, I, I go away, but I'm not going to leave you as off, offense. Mm-hmm. And that, but the point is, he's like, I have got to go away because I, otherwise I am taking away an advantage from you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever taken an advantage from somebody? Um, Just withheld a little information that might have... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, made it persuade them otherwise. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody's <laughs> trying to accomplish something and you know how to fix that fence. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but you just don't, you don't help or you don't tell them they're doing it wrong and mm-hmm. show them the right way to do it. It's yeah. like holding with an advantage from mm-hmm. them. Um, Jesus sees his physical presence and the lack of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives as an advantage ripoff. It would be better for me to be gone so that you will have this advantage. So the question that brings us to is how important is the Holy Spirit in each of our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we seek the Holy Spirit? How often do we uh, are pursuant of more of his presence in our life? Is the Holy Spirit as key a role player in our lives as if Jesus was physically with us? Mm-hmm. I know that the answer is no. That... Um, if you told me tomorrow morning, Paul, when you get up uh, about 6.15, uh, Jesus is going to be down in your living room, and uh, your wife's going to have coffee uh, for you and Jesus, and, uh, you know, if, you, uh, if that was the case, you'd say, listen, you think you'll be able to get up and go down there? Oh, I'd be like, you're telling me Jesus is going to be down there. Yeah. And he's also going to give you some very important keys on how to live your whole day successfully. <laughs> All right, I'll be down there. I mean, I would probably make the coffee that day. I would probably go down. It's got to be, it's gotta be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would probably be looking out the window wondering he was going to drive up. I'd be like, I wonder what he drives. I wonder what he drives, you know. He'd probably drive up in like a 1988 Land Cruiser. Uh, that's, that's the kind of guy I think he would yeah. be, like an old Land Cruiser with a surfboard yeah. on top. A surf? Oh, yeah, he yeah. surfs. Yeah, I think he would do that. He can walk on water, but well, he's going to surf. I mean, surf. It's, yeah. sure. Okay. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some skill there, okay, you know. I, so. I mean, I the other right. one's just plain <laughs> deity. I mean, it's like. Um, I guess you're right. But I, I really do think that I would get up and go down. The question is, Jesus is correlating that his presence, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, is an advantage over him meeting me in my living room in the morning. Mm-hmm. So do I get up and seek the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's too convicting to say that. Mm-hmm. But we need to realize that this, this is how weird Christianity is. And this is Orthodox Christianity. This is not Pentecostal. This is not charismatic. This is not, you know, this is fundamental Christianity 101. And for some reason, we're more concerned about drinking too much um, and than we are about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sometimes I, I don't know, I don't know if you guys get into rituals or you get into putting standards on yourself that are not God-enforced. Um, I, I think a lot of us do that. It's like, um, I need to give up this. I need to give up that. I need to stop doing this or that. But it really is interesting. We are more concerned about ethically improving ourselves than being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I would dare to say, and please don't you know, read the riot act on me, is that if you're trying to give up drinking as a Christian and you're not seeking the Holy Spirit, you're accomplishing nothing. Okay, so you're not going to be a drunk. Big deal. What, what good is that? Yeah. He didn't say, I came, I came so that you could not be a drunk or so that you wouldn't struggle with homosexual thoughts or so that you wouldn't look at porn. You know, I, I, he doesn't say that. You know, but a lot of us will get caught into the um, picking up our chip, you know, idea with God. You know what? I haven't lied in a long, long time. I'm feeling pretty good about what the Lord's doing in my life. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, well, if, if that's your pursuit, but you're not pursuing the Holy Spirit, I would rather, 
see a person fail on their own, but, but be pursuant of the Holy Spirit, than to succeed on their own and not pursue the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think that's, that's just a dead men's bones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, uh, I wrote this down. Are we more concerned about homosexuals and whether they can be married or not than we are waking up every day as Christians and seeking the Holy Spirit for our lives? Are we more concerned about getting, a really, getting the data on COVID and whether or not we should be wearing masks or not and preparing ourselves for a good argument or a fight? Or are we waking up and, and spending some time with God saying, today, Lord God, I want more of the Holy Spirit in, in my life? Mm-hmm. So, Jesus continues to talk about it in John 14. If you want to learn anything about the Holy Spirit, just read the Gospel of John. I mean, you hear Jesus talk more about, the, about it in, in that one. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read that for us in John 14? I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Okay. So he's not over there. He's not, um, uh, it's not here, but he, it, in you. Mm-hmm. And the world's not going to be able to see him. Weird? Absolutely. But we better get used to it because Christianity's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, turning the other cheek when somebody punches you in the face, that's weird. Husbands loving their wives and dying for them, that's weird. Wives honoring your husband, um, that's weird. Okay, so uh, giving to the poor or looking on the interest of others, it's all weird unless it's God. And then if it's God, then everything else is weird, mm-hmm. especially a Christianity without it. I was listening to a guy, he's one of my favorite teachers and I know he's yours as well as Erwin uh, McManus mm-hmm. he's my age uh, we're kind of the same a little bit I think it, no one's seen him in the same room at the same time that's what that's what we think you no one's seen both of you in the same both room of, at the yeah same so time. we're not sure that <laughs> I am that man um, but he's a he's a pastor in California he's phenomenal you can um, YouTube him and he's great but he was talking the other day and and I I was like I would have loved to have been sitting with him because he said he has two voices inside of him. It's the voice that believes in God, believes the scriptures, believes Jesus rose from the dead, believes that he's going to heaven. And he said there's another voice that he hears that says, this is all ridiculous, this is all fake, God doesn't really exist, I don't believe any of it, okay? And I, I have those two voices in me. All the time, I have those voices in me. Um, and I heard him talk about it. He's like, yeah, these two voices are going back. And then I, I was kind of listening to him, and I was laughing. And, but I, I know he's noticed he made just a slight, um, he, he didn't say everything exactly right. But I know he wasn't saying it from, to get it all perfect. But the point is, is that there is actually three voices that are speaking in you. Because there's the voice that, you, that he just said that doesn't believe in God. Then there's the, uh, uh, the voice that says he does believe in God. And then there's the voice that's observing him vacillate between the two. Okay? So he's observing himself have two voices. So how many voices does that make? That makes three voices. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a trinity. And so it made me realize is that what is that third voice? That third voice is the born again you. I would be willing to risk going on a limb that unbelievers don't have this voice in them. I remember when I was an unbeliever, either I sinned or I didn't sin, but I didn't find myself in turmoil about the observation of of them as being persons, you know? Paul says it this way, things I should do, I don't do, things I shouldn't do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, you know, it's like, dude you sound schizophrenic it's like no he's observing that there's parts of his life that wants to do god's will there's parts of his life he does. but then there's a third part of him that's observing the conflict and speaking about the conflict um l- let me give you an example out of art i love art and um one of the most 
I think when art and the Western civilization became like a, a thing would be during the Byzantine period of art. And if you've seen some of that art, it's like the gold flaked flat, you know, the saints and all that stuff. And, and But everything's real flat. And what you'll notice is when you compare it to the next period of art, which is called the Renaissance, um, is that a third dimension is added in Renaissance art. It's called perspective drawing. And that whole idea of vantage points. Well, in the Byzantine period, they didn't even have it. They didn't even know about it. I mean, they'd, it hadn't, I mean, it's kind of hard to realize that, but they, they just didn't, everything was flat. So look at Byzantine art and you'll see it, it's all just, if, it's not correct to say it this way, but it's all two-dimensional in its representation. But then when you go to Renaissance art, all of a sudden buildings have fadeaway. There's shadows. It mm -hmm. looks like something. Matter of fact, we were in a restaurant up in Asheville. And while we were sitting there, they had Byzantine art on the wall. And this is the kind of person I am. And I was looking at the Byzantine artists who were waiting for our French fries to come back. <laughs> As one and, does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget what the name of the place. What was it called, Brian? Stony Knob. St Stovey? Stony Knob. Stony, Stony Knob. Stony Knob. Yeah, great restaurant. If you ever get to the Asheville area, amazing restaurant. But there was these two... Um, angels that were drawn in Byzantine art form. So I was looking at them and I was like, well, that's a pretty good reproduction. And then I found an error. The angel had a box in his hand, but the, the box was drawn with um, perspective aspects that you could, that it divided. And it, so the modern artist uh, added collapsed two styles on top of the other one so my point is this i know that and so i i mocked the waiter and called the owner over you know okay this is bogus man bogus. You, you're we come here for the business this confluence of art forms is insulting to me <laughs> and can i have some ketchup yes <laughs> where are my fries and uh but my point is this is that before christ i believe we know right and wrong but it's all flat we, there's no depth to it. Mm -hmm. It's like, it made yeah. me feel bad or didn't make me feel bad. I got caught or I didn't get caught. Conscious bearing witness. Well, all of us have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Romans, yeah. That's right. Very primitive. But when you become a Christian, you become born again. And when the Holy Spirit is in you, all of a sudden it's like a perspective drawing. All of a sudden everything begins to have depth to it. Everything begins to have shadows. Everything has, you know, you can, f the wraparound. And I, I really believe that when I became born again, I, had a pers I received from the Holy Spirit a perspective of my own soul mm -hmm. that I never had. Before it was just like I was in the ride. Now I'm kind of observing the ride. And I think that's when the Holy Spirit comes and joins with the human soul and you become born again. Now you say, well, that sounds really weird. Like I'm saying, <laughs> it is Christianity. Yeah. So um, being born again is this idea of when the human soul and the, and the Holy Spirit are, are, are joined. Mm -hmm. So um, the quality of relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit is equal to that of the physical Jesus. And I, I've got a point in some Greek here in case that some of you thought I didn't know uh, a little bit about that. When Jesus says, I will send you another comforter, it's the a Greek word um, alos, and it means another of the same kind. So the Holy Spirit isn't a different kind of God. He's not a different kind of experience. He's just a different of the same kind. In the Greek language, they actually are heterogeneous or homogeneous, genius, is the idea that you can have another, they have a word for another of the same kind versus another of a different kind. Let's say, in English, I could say, I want another piece of fruit. Well, let's say there's an orange and an apple on the table. You don't specifically know which one I want. But in Greek, by using the right Greek word, you know that I want another apple not just any fruit, I want, a I want another of the same kind that I'm holding in my hand. And so when, when Jesus says that I will send you another comforter, he's saying, I'm sending you another of the same kind, meaning just like me. 
So that's why Jesus is being very emphatic about the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. is that we're not getting like a, another kind of entity, another kind of moral, another kind of religion. You know, it's not like we're, we're getting Pentecostalism. No, we're just getting a, a three-dimensional Jesus. Mm -hmm. We're getting Renaissance Jesus as opposed to Be Byzantine Jesus. Mm -hmm. Any questions about any of this? No. No? Are we getting any questions online about this? Is there well, anybody well, online? No, I'll tell them. We'll say, I'll say if we got, we got a couple. That we clarified the quote from earlier, but I'll tell you at the end. Okay. Yeah, I will get this train rolling. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, all right. So, we've got it. Now it's honest time for us as individuals. Mm -hmm. Are our lives different as a result of the Holy Spirit in it? And that shouldn't there be an impact? Mm -hmm. um, if I said that the Holy Spirit was going to help you dunk a basketball or make you a better basketball player, wouldn't I have the right to expect that if you declared to be a Christian and you had the Holy Spirit and those who have the Holy Spirit will be able to dunk a basketball, wouldn't I have be, uh, the right to be able to look at your life and say, hey, let's go out on the court. I want to I see if you're really a Christian because the Holy Spirit's supposed to make you dunk basketballs. I know that sounds crazy, but that would kind of be like, you know, so the Holy Spirit in reality is a promise for us to live life, not better lives, but lives beyond ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why we find that some Christians, they get saved and they're going to heaven, but their lives just get stuck. You know, mm -hmm. um, they just, it's like it doesn't, the marriage doesn't get better. The, the behavior doesn't get better. The character doesn't get better. Um, but if we really have the Holy Spirit, we really should be more compassionate today than we were yesterday. We really should be more patient and loving. Mm -hmm. And there, there should be real change in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so if you're at a place in your life where real change is not happening, I'm not going to tell you, you need to read your Bible more. I'm not going to tell you, you need to try harder. I'll tell you, what you need is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Mm -hmm. So you need to pursue the Holy Spirit more and more in your life. So, um, I don't know. This was, this was really a, a big issue for me mm -hmm. growing up because I did sacraments. When I was six years old, I did Holy Communion and, learned, and did confession. And then when I was 16 years old, I did confirmation. And then, you know, that was pretty much it. And then you just lived your life until you got... Some people got holy orders, which means you got called into ministry. The rest of us got married, so we got the sacrament of marriage. And then the next thing you got from God was uh, last rites. So in between, in between um, confirmation and death, technically there's only one sacrament, and that's me praying for you when you die. And I think we live Christianity just like that. Whether we're Baptist or Catholic, it's like people will come up to you and say, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd spend eternity? And no, the question is, is if you didn't die tonight, how would you live the rest of your life? That's the real question. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think, I think these are, are real challenges to us. But the Holy Spirit. So how would we go about inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives? I know I'm just gone rogue off the notes, yes. but, but I'm asking you. Yes. Okay, so somebody comes up to you and they say, listen, I, all right, what's, what's my next step? Mm -hmm. Pastor Ricky. Pastor Ricky, what's my next step? Yeah. Well, I started, and you, and I you can't sing. And I can't sing? Yeah, you can't oh, sing. Man, that was my go-to. <laughs> You're going to sing a song to them. <laughs> I just think it's ask, I mean, asking. Yeah. Asking God. I pr in the morning, I have to pray for that same thing because I know I can't do any of it. Because I want all the fruits of the Spirit. I yeah. want kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience, all those things to be growing in me, to be flowing from me. Yeah. I want people, when they interact with me, to be able to have those things present in the conversation. So I start off the days, and it's almost like I pray from 
almost like head to toe that everything yeah would be it sounds weird but it's kind of what i do sometimes no no it would be, it, we, we already have come to the conclusion that a lot of it's this weird. Is weird but that's okay yeah so it's like literally pray for the words that come out of my mouth holy spirit that you will empower them to give life to people that it would be pleasing in your sight god that yeah. the things i think about would be uh you know and that the holy spirit you would give me in my mind yeah clarity of thought purity of thought the things i dwell upon would be things that are pleasing to you mm-hmm. and i need you holy spirit to help me with that yeah um and kind of going all the you know let my feet take me to places that are fruitful those yeah. kind of things all that and just really asking yeah for it because that's basically you know jesus hey, ask for it Get yeah it. so hey that's, that's what i do would you kind of would you feel that ricky of august 11 2021 is would dare to say that you're more Christ-like today than you were maybe August of 2020? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason why you shouldn't yeah. have that confidence. If you are pursuing the Holy Spirit, it's not like, well, that's pretty cocky. No. He didn't say, I'm a better person than I was a year ago. Yeah. You know, or I'm better than you. No, he said he's more like Christ. That is our boast. Mm-hmm. You know, we boast in him. Yeah. And that is our pursuit. And, and you should expect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that doesn't work, I would I would call the the Holy Spirit or the promise of God a fraud. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. If God had promised that I could dunk a ball and I pursued the Holy Spirit and I went on the court and I couldn't dunk a ball, something's wrong about the promise. Like, hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But when I ask the Holy Spirit to fill me to make me more like Christ and to walk in His ways to give me peace, like today I had to go get another little surgery on the side of my head. And uh, the last time that it was kind of gruesome, I still got healing going on here and here and um, not so much here, not so much uh, here but, but here, here and here. Yeah. Uh, Tommy boy, if you ever saw the movie. Uh, but, and so I have to admit, I went to the doctor today knowing they were going to put more injections and more needles here and cut that open. I was, I was scared. So mm-hmm. I am like, God, could you please just give me peace? And uh, sure enough, I came back. What an amazing experience I had. Do they still have to dig a hole? Yeah. They still had to get the cancer out? Yes. I still had stitched, still bled, still had pain. But there was a piece over the whole experience that it's like, dang, Mm -hmm. you know? It wasn't like God pulled me out of the situation. God put himself in my situation. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole idea. Yeah, that's what guarding your mind in Christ Jesus, the peace that passes under everybody that quotes that verse. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that all the stuff didn't go away because you were... Still in pain. Yeah. <laughs> but you can yeah. talk about the peace that's just, you can't really explain it. And, yeah, and, and when you experience that work of the Holy Spirit in your life, I don't do evil because of sin. You know, it's like, well, I can't watch that show. It's a sin. As a Catholic growing up, and I'm going to bring this up, in the New England, Boston area, particularly in the Archdiocese of the Roman Catholic Church, which we were part of, there is a an American Catholic Church and there's a Roman Catholic Church. They all have under the Pope, but the Romanish folks were a little bit closer to the Vatican, you know. Uh, we're kind of closer to St. Peter and the Paul of the Pope. Uh, but what they would actually come out with is a magazine every month that would rate the movies. Oh. It, it was called The Pilot. Oh. It was the name of the magazine. And if you're an old Catholic out there, maybe you remember this. And it would rate the movies, not XR or PG-13, mortal sin, venial sin. Um, I mean, they would rate it in sin category. Okay, burn in hell movie, you know. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, like Lucifer uh, level. It's kind of like rating chili peppers. Oh, yeah, like Scoville units. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, they, like those little peppers you get yeah. and you can rate them. And yeah. What's the hottest pepper in the, in the world? Is it, uh, is it still Ghost Pepper Carolina Reaper or something like that? Wow. There's something wow. out there, yeah. Yeah, so the there millions were... millions of Scoville units, yeah. Yeah, so they, they would actually do that. They would rate it all, but, but I, don't, I don't not watch shows because that's a sinful show, that's not a sinful show. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, will it grieve the Holy Spirit in me? And Paul talks about, do not right, grieve yeah. the Holy Spirit by which you are sealed until the day mm-hmm. of redemption. Uh, and it's like... Does it grieve God in me? Mm-hmm. That's why when I watch movies that use the Lord's name in vain, you may think this is weird. 
because uh, it's it's all the time. You you wouldn't have to, you couldn't watch anything unless you have one of those old devices that subs it in. Yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden they start. Son of a toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah another yeah. voice comes in. Right, yeah, right. My grandfather had one. Um, but whenever they say like they'll say Jesus Christ, um, all of a sudden I'll yell. They'll go, Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> you redeemed it. Yeah. I, I, I will be, I'll be like, I'm like, that's the Lord. I will. I, I'll just kind of like, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to let you blaspheme. I'm going to take this as a moment and I'm going to turn it into a praise moment. <laughs> I know that sounds really crazy. I'm not going to let you do but, that to um, me. I don't watch shows just because they, they're sing how hot the pepper is, mm -hmm. but rather do I believe it's grieving the spirit of God in me? Yeah. And that's a big deal. You yeah. know, I've got a couple shows that I know, you know, I, it's like, I shouldn't be watching this show. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of killing going on yeah. here and I'm kind of liking it, you know? <laughs> he uh, just did that dude with a pencil. Oh yeah. He's gonna, <laughs> oh no, don't be messing with John Wick. Oh, don't be messing with my John Wick. Oh, yeah, because John Wick 4, I can't what wait for that. What would John Wick have gotten on, uh, the, oh, on, no. the, on the pilot scale? Oh, oh John Wick, yeah, he would have been like uh, uh, three jalapenos. <laughs> three you know, yeah, he would have been habanero. Uh, but that, that's what it's, it's all about. So I would yeah. say, you know, as we close this out, I think the biggest thing that stops us, or two things. Mm -hmm. One is we don't want to be weird with our culture. Well, folks, can I tell you in 2021, our culture is whacked. <laughs> Why are we worried about being weird to a weird culture? Yeah. Okay? It's weird not to believe in the Holy Spirit, but yet to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. That's, so don't believe in a weird Christian. I mean, a Christianity. That's weird Christianity. Is that we, we don't have miracle power. Yeah. That's weird. Um, that you don't have the Holy Spirit or God wanting to live in you. That would be a weird Christianity. Um, so, and the other thing is, so we're afraid to look weird. And the other one is we don't want to give up control. The idea that if I let God into my life, he's going to take certain things away from me and I don't want to give up control of my mm -hmm. life. And it's like if, if you're saying then I don't want to lose me. And I think people are really concerned about that. I don't want to lose me. I want to be the me I want to be. Yeah. What if he tells me, and people always say, what if, what if I come to God, what if he sends me to Africa? Yeah, I got to be a missionary. I mean, I don't know what's, everybody's always afraid. What if he sends me, yeah, it makes me a missionary. He goes like, oh no, the worst thing you can do is go to Africa. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I, don't, I, want, I want to be able to live my life. I want to party. I want to be able to do what I can. And it's like that, I have to say, that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. And I have found that God will not take anything from you or ask you to walk away from anything. That he doesn't already have something better to give you. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's, it's kind of uh, the, what do they call it? The bait and switch? It, it really is a bait and switch. Once mm -hmm. you taste and see that the Lord is good, you start losing your taste for other things. Mm -hmm. But you got to take that first step into it and ask the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. any closing thoughts? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll close this and I'll tell you, we got a couple... I mean, they're, they're fine. Okay, all right, yeah, okay, all right, go ahead. Is it, is it about like the slip and slide? It's a transition. Well, it's, we, we did, oh, yeah, we did, we're back to the slip and slide, no, folks. it's like, there was maybe lingered a little too long. We were just trying to fix some technical stuff. It's okay. Okay, and, and it was Liz. It was Liz. Liz brought in yeah, the, uh, brought the slip in. and slide thing. <laughs> go ahead, why don't you pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have given us um, the Holy Spirit, that you have given us this power that we have inside of us so much so that Jesus said I had to go so that you could have it. Yes. And I pray for all of us watching, all of us in this room tonight, God, we would be hungry for more of that. We ask for it now. We know that, that you are faithful to give it to us and we just, I'm excited to see kind of a culture, a church that, or a church culture that's after that and people that are after that in your name. It's in your wonderful and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man. Okay, I got, so the first, for the saying goes like this. Okay. I don't drink, smoke, or chew, or run with women who do. Oh, that's it. That's it. Was that Josh Luke? Mr. Ben. Mr. Ben. Kelly, oh. Kelly also knew it too, but I think Mr. Ben. Okay. That sounds Say like it one more time. I just. I don't drink, smoke, or chew, or run with women who do. Man. Yeah. That's, yeah, that was that's it. it. That was the old. 
Yeah. Doc, that was the proclamation of the victory of Christ. <laughs> risen from the, the dead. I so I can say that. keepers at the men's conference. Yeah. <laughs> I don't chew. I don't chew. I don't go. We women that do. <laughs> Bow your heads. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You see how we reduce yeah. Christianity to something yeah. far less than, yeah. than the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. And Brian found that the hottest pepper is actually the Carolina Reaper. 2,200,000 Scoville units. Wow. It's a world champion. And it's grown right here in South Carolina? Look at it. Oh, my goodness. Man. <laughs> oh, my Man. goodness. Oh, that's that looks terrible. Like, that's that's that looks, devilish. Oh, it does. That's it looks, weird. That's, yeah. that's not of nature. No, it's not. Yeah, that's, not, that. yeah that's yeah. genetically. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. You know, that came out of some laboratory in some other country yeah, or something, just, you know? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Simon Kilminster's backyard. He's been messing yeah. with <laughs> Folks, thank yeah. you very much for joining us. Hope you come this coming Sunday. We're going to continue to learn about blessings yeah. and uh, how to get them in your life. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>